The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Welcome to the new year. It's it's a new year, and I'm going to give you my New Year's toast, even though it's late, a day or two late. I'm going to give it to you anyway. Hey, it's only the second day. I know. So you're good. I'm going to say, here you go. Here's to lying, cheating, stealing, fighting, and drinking. If you lie, may you lie with someone you love. If you cheat, may you cheat death. If you steal, steal your lover's heart. If you fight, fight for a brother. And if you drink, you can drink with me. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> there you go. That's a good test. Happy New Year to everybody. I hey. hope everybody had a great start and is planning to continue. <laughs> Roger, before I get out of here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang um, out. Give us and, something to talk well, about. Well, this has to do with guns because I am sure some type of weapon was used for this. And, David, you're going to love this. <laughs> um, the Israeli forces uh, just took out the Hamas leader, the guy who founded the military branch of Hamas. Uh, they They went and got this guy in Lebanon. And uh, oh, nice! Now he they sent him to a celestial dirt nap. So, <clears throat> kudos to uh, the Israelis. Uh, well, he gets to meet his lead, his religious he leader. He gets to meet somebody, and I, I doubt it's going to be. Well, he wanted to meet them. He wanted to meet them. They just arranged the meeting. <laughs> he sure did. They sure did. They arranged that meeting, and uh, I think that that is great news right there. Not just that he was a Hamas leader, but apparently this was <clears throat> one of the organizers for or planners for October seventh. And the guy oh, who, no. who who created or or started that military mm. branch of theirs, um, yeah, yeah, you know. And speaking of AR-15s, woohoo! What do you think of what's going on with America's liberty? You know what? I'm going to go check that out right now um, because everybody, Roger, should go. I've not to seen a, the website. Now, I'm you're, ineligible. You're, you're about I'm not a veteran, but you're yeah. about to. But everybody should go uh, check this out. Well, every veteran, especially. Well, only um, because only must be a veteran yeah. is eligible. Yeah, to win the contest. So, so keep that in mind. So if you know a veteran, get them to enter. Yes, get them to go get check them out the website. Visit americaswebradio.com. Get them to go visit that and see this awesome contest that uh, is unfolding right before their eyes. That's right. Roger, why don't you tell people the advantages of having an AR-15 and why? We all know it's the most popular (laughs) rifle in the United States and has been for many years. And it's it's that way because it's so universal. Mm. It's like Barbies, but for men. There you go. (laughs) Legos for... For big boys, there's a picture of it right yeah. there. Yeah, it's got the collapsible stock, got the A2 sight set up on the handles, mm-hmm. got a long muzzle brake on it or flash hider. Does Very nice with, setup, and apparently comes with an extra mag. It looks like it's got magazines <laughs> with it. A, We're not sure, excellent. but yeah, it could be three, three magazines. Three mags. Okay, ninety rounds of AR-15 Man. power at your fingertips. And, and I got to tell you. I I oh, I should have this story. And Roger, you may remember <clears throat> it wasn't. I mean, it was it was in. Well, I was going to say this year, but no, it was in last year, twenty twenty three. Um, there was a guy who who had if, had it not been for his AR fifteen, he wouldn't have been able to save his family because of the multiple assailants. Right, that multiple attackers. His house, and only because he had a thirty round mag, he was able to defend. 
Right. I mean, yeah, people right. don't realize, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not just you're not always just going one on one with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if you are, if you're trying to get away from somebody, you want to lay down some suppressive <laughs> fire to put <laughs> some distance I between mean, you and the attacker. Percent. Yeah. I mean, there's so many reasons for for magazine capacity. Big big time. If not, think every car it. would be made with 50 horsepower, and it'd only right. be limited to 70 miles and how an hour. Awful would that be? Imagine trying to pass somebody going oh. 65 when you can only go when 70. You can only go 70. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It would take you 20 minutes. It would be like trying to pass somebody with a failing EV battery. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know you love bashing the EVs. You know, I don't really bash them. I just tell the truth. I just tell the truth about them. They they Um, have their limitations. Yes, they uh, they do. They are very limited. Uh, It's fun. That technology is going to come back, and it's going to come out strong. I always say that technology is great, but we're not there yet. Uh, We're close. We're we're getting there. We're not as close as you think. Um, everybody, every manufacturer is putting a halt. Right, because they, because they went too far too fast. Yeah, exactly. They, they exactly. counted on too much acceptance yeah. when it's not there yet. But, because, uh, you know, no one wants to sit around for 30 minutes while their car charges. It takes to get to 20% if more charge. You can do 30%. Right, right. 30 minutes, and a, a lot of them can. That's the thing. Well, the thing is, that is coming. It's a matter of the technology it's coming, of charging but, the battery. Like I said, it, it's going to take time, but then even when that's there, not, the number of, of people who they are forcing to try to buy EVs is not there. People don't want them. Right. They're not used they to it yet. don't want them. And, uh, and I'll tell you this. The problem, uh, the chargers are a problem. Uh, so I live in the area I live. The city thought, ooh, we're going to be so progressive and uh, spend taxpayer dollars and put a row of chargers out. They lasted for about six months. Every one of them's taped up now and doesn't work. Broken. Yeah. Well, like I said, the technology's <laughs> I not mean, there yet. The answer is <laughs> live on top of Lookout Mountain. And what you do is you back up to the base of Lookout Mountain, and they have an elevator that pulls your car up. <laughs> oh, there you go. Pulls the car up the hill. So we need... <laughs> And then, you know, so we're gonna go back to, to go. You just let go of the emergency <laughs> brake and boom. down you go. No, they're just gonna add a third rail to every highway system. Oh, God. <laughs> so the electric cars can just drive along that, be charged while they're going. No, oh, I now that I wouldn't doubt somewhere down the road. Is uh, well, they do yeah, with trains they, now. They trains, with subways, yeah, they're all running on that rail, rail system and these. They, Disney, Disney yeah. has been doing that for a while. Now, the biggest thing yeah. is it's, it's a technical issue, but what happens is if you charge the batteries too fast, mm-hmm. the little the little particles inside yeah. the battery don't they, line they don't up properly, line up. and they don't hold a full charge. Right, right, right. And so you have to but charge them slow enough to allow mm-hmm. those particles to, to line, line up. Now they're working on technology that's going to allow them to line up instantly, mm-hmm. like within microseconds. I mean, You'll be able to charge in five minutes yeah. the same as a car like could be. Say, yeah, Japanese inside the batteries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now nah, you know, uh, Roger. I mean, the the one day this technology is going to lead to some really good. Well, the things. efficiency is the biggest uh, thing. Electric but, uh, motors are up to ninety yeah. percent efficient. Gas engines mm-hmm. are like thirty percent efficient. Right, but I'll take a gas engine any day because it's when you talk efficiency. I want to know I'm getting to where I'm going with ease, not that I'm going to be stuck on the side of the road. Right, and like I say they're not for everybody. For, yet. Waiting for a, a, a diesel a generator diesel to come charge generator to come charge my car. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, this uh, is the, the proper way to do this. Is and and this is where it'll go eventually. I think Roger, when we talk about the advancements, is one day it's going to be where it'll be a, a viable alternative for people who choose to make that not, right, right, not right. Forced where they're threatening to that they're going to get rid of fossil fuels, and you can't build an EV without fossil fuels, folks. So no, you can't build any piece of plastic. Right. You can't get build yeah. without fossil fuels. So I mean, it's not going to go away. So I just want them to be. So I I bring the the true stories about EVs.
is, and I have fun with it. But in reality, it's the government that I'm knocking because right because they're pushing they're too hard. Trying to push they're the, trying yeah. to help companies that have no business being in business. Well, they're they're forcing businesses to be on the brink of going out of business right. because of this. Like I say, it will happen. That's, that's like when when um, when when uh, gas engine cars overtook horse and buggies. Yeah, but th- that's there's still a difference there. Though, well, there was no government intervention. There, there in was the no government of the gas engines. There I got wasn't. that, and, 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 and that should not be happening. Fossil fuels are way more reliable. There was a there when. When, when gas cars came about, there was an infrastructure happening for the oil industry already. Right. There is no electric infrastructure to support EVs. There, there are, well, there no, is a you're saying every supply. house on the grid doesn't there, have power? Not enough to power every EV. Not everyone yet. Had, no, no, no. You're right. You're don't. right. There's not there yet. Back then, there was, there was the, the oil was spreading. Gasoline was spreading. It was readily available when and kept up and it stayed ahead of the invention of the vehicle. And I, so there, so there's, it's not a, a apples to apples comparison when you really look at it, but, um. Well, cause I, I mean, mean, we, we saw this as a, like a saving grace and it's not. It's just a new technology that's coming out. But we also. And it's not good for everybody. Not everybody not, can use an EV. But also when fossil fuels came about, we've, we're, we've got, and, and this will be controversial, but I don't care. We've got an endless supply of fossil fuels around this world. We don't with the materials it takes, the precious to build batteries. To build batteries. That's going to be the we big issue. We don't have that. So I'm just telling you, it's you until they find a way. The, the technology's not there yet. No, no not yet. It's not, and but it's going how, to be. It's how, coming. How long are we going to be okay with child labor in China? Well, well I, I don't know. I mean, if we're going to make battery, if we're going to push EVs, we should make the batteries here. But the Biden administration, the Democrats, well, have closed down every mining operation in this There's country. a president a or a potential president coming up nah. in this next year's yeah. election who, if he decided to put a little weight behind it, he could make batteries oh, cheaper, more efficient, be, do mining yeah. here and in the I'm United States. And I'm all for that. And then all, all of a sudden, it. that EV battery that was like four to $6,000 mm-hmm. will come in at 1200 bucks. And Roger, some And of it'll them, last for 10 them, years. I, I looked, I did this and I didn't talk about it yet, but I did some research the other day. There are, the average cost is over 13000 right now for a battery. For a battery, yes. They're, so, they're I mean, ridiculously so they're, expensive. They're, they're expensive. But now, you know what? The battery technology in general is so much better. Than, I mean, well, yeah. my electric tools alone, I used to run them on NICADs. Yeah. And the yeah. NICAD batteries were good, yeah. but they weren't great. Right. You it know, was, the biggest advancement of motor cars over wagons or buggies when people found out a heater, that, <laughs> a heater, no, no, they found out Horses that uh, cars had bike seats. Oh yeah, ah. he, he ain't wrong, Roger. Back seats. Oh yeah, it helped the procreation <laughs> process along. It helped the population hey, expand. We're gonna see a movie. Well, what's a movie? It doesn't matter. Let's just it go for a ride. Matter. Let's just go for a ride. <laughs> we'll, we'll go watch. Oh, no, we'll, we'll go watch yeah. the submarine races. <laughs> You know what else? You know what else, Roger? I think the advancement and that they're going to make with the battery technology is going to help. You just mentioned it, power tools. I think household. I, I mean, I think that we're going to go a long way with. with well, some I of mean, this technology. to me, electricity is something that's so much easier for the average person to have access to. Oh, right. Because I mean, yeah. 
Right now, solar panels, it's mm-hmm. like money falling from the sky. Right. It, when they it's work. there. Yeah. Yeah. It and they there. do. I've known it people had there. it for 20 years um, and they're, they're reliable because there's yeah. no moving parts. Yeah. It's not like a windmill or a turbine yeah, in the water. Yeah, so like now that. the windmills are, no. are just dumb. Solar panels is where the, the development should oh, be. Oh, you can, if you live in the right um, area, windmills oh, are great. If you've got sun, well, a personal true. windmill, not huge, but the, giant the ones. The problem is you can replace a, you can replace a solar panel a lot quicker and easier and cost effective than you're going to a windmill. Right, right. The windmills it's, are coming up. They can come apart in a storm. I saw one the other yeah. day. Uh, well, solar panels can get well. beat on by hail. Oh, they and will, and they do. But um, the acrylic they use now live, is, is is if you're getting hit by hail that hard, I mean, it's it, punching through your roof. Right. So your roof isn't I even going to stop it. If you live in places, even like uh, the south, there are places here in Georgia and Yeah, Florida, big hail. Where, where solar panels, I mean, solar panels aren't going to work everywhere in the country. No, but they, they will, will not. work in some places. Now I mean, they're they, getting, if they, they can, inc- that, that's going to be the next giant step forward. They're going to come up with solar panel technology that is two or three times as more efficient than it is now. Yeah, no doubt. And that's going to make but it available for sunlight. every single and there's person. There's so many places in Sometimes this country it just has to just be daylight. That's the thing. Enough. It's like cameras. That would be, be amazing, yeah. Cameras back in the day, you had to have full sunlight before you could take a picture. Yeah. Now you can take a picture in the dark in the without dark, a flash. That's true. You know, the technology is coming. So I've got some solar panel lights, floodlights, and things like that. And I just know on a non-sunny day, yeah, they're can, not as bright. See the huge and difference. it has to do with the season, yeah. too. Yeah, in the wintertime, you have much less sunlight during Absolutely. the day. Absolutely. Which is why... But again, know, as the battery storage but, gets better, oh, the storage that's going to increase. Oh, the storage is a big thing. When we re, when, whoever, and Roger, I don't know why we can't do it, but whoever figures out the answer... Oh, there, uh, Hyundai is working on it. Toyota yeah. is working on it. When you get that battery storage problem solved, it's going to be almost like, uh... Yeah, imagine if one hour... out, uh, f- nuclear... F- yeah, f- imagine f- if f- one f- hour f- of f- sunlight... Which one? Uh, are you fusion, to I think. Fusion, I think. <laughs> I think. I don't know. I'm I should not, know that. I, I, I'm no physicist. <laughs> Me either, but I should know that. I watch I, a show I about physicists on TV. Yeah, though. I love that show. But uh, like today, uh, I st- yeah. uh, the other day, I started a fire for these guys. They were sitting there working on it for about 20 minutes, and I went, "Give me your lighter." Took it, put the piece in, lit it up, boom, fire started. They're like, how'd you do that? I go, I'm not even a Boy Scout. (laughs) And I don't even play one on TV. (laughs) But it's like thermodynamics, fire goes up. Fire goes up. That's the only three words you need to know. Fire (laughs) goes goes up. up. (laughs) They were trying to light it from the top, and I was like, no. (laughs) It is kind of funny when you see people do that, because I've seen people do that, too, and I'm like. There's other guys there who could do it, too, but this this couple of guys are doing work on it for like at least 20 minutes before I walked over, and I was watching for a while. Wow, I was just observing. Say, did you do what I did sometimes? Just watch them for a few. Minutes? Oh, I did for like twenty minutes, and then <laughs> they were fanning and lighting and oh, putting, man. throwing bits of paper down. I said, "Kim, Kim, give me the light. Let me show you this. <laughs> I'm going to teach you something here that uh, is going to be valuable for the rest of your that's life." That's right. But it was funny because oh, you know, I mean, that's. Awesome. But you know, with electricity, I mean, you could put solar panels on your house. So you could make electricity. Well, I would do it in a heartbeat because where I live is great sun. And I if you and the windmills, I mean, as they build frictionless bearings and things like that, they're yeah. going to get more durable, Hopefully, just like cars. But I, yeah, I mean the early cars. If you got yeah. ten thousand miles out of an early car, it was a miracle. <laughs> it was a miracle. Now, if you don't get a hundred thousand oh, miles man. out of one, it's like it's a lemon. Yeah, it's a total lemon. Yeah. And I mean, the windmills should, are the same thing. They're going to build better bearings, yeah. better shafts to where there's well, less moving parts. I, I think they will too. I just think the money's probably better spent with the solar. Windmills are just well, ugly. Nobody wants. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a oh lot, yeah, Kennedy more, stopped him from them putting the in, lot, yeah, in Massachusetts. No, he didn't want to look other, at him. No Democrat wants to look at a windmill. They that's want right. you to look at them. And but now, if you live oh. near running water, that's another way oh, you could yeah, generate power. Hydro, it's just oh, it's yeah. just a windmill that's, in the water. That's all it is, right? 
But there's also see that's stuff they won't talk about either. Uh, hydrogen. Yeah, because rivers um, are always going to oh move. Oh my gosh, they're always going to move. And sun is always going to uh, shine. Right. Maybe not somewhere, every day. <laughs> somewhere, but not every day. But yes. Uh, but there's also, and this not talked about enough uh, because the left hates it, is look at what Porsche is doing. Porsche has designed and already created an alternative fuel that they're using in race cars. And really? this stuff is amazing. And they're going to start bringing this stuff out. And yeah. when this stuff makes it out, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and we're, t- you can pull up with your current gas car, put this Porsche fuel in it, and it's gonna run. Wow. I mean, it's really, really cool. And it's super clean burning and all that stuff. It's pretty impressive. It's probably yeah. expensive it's, to make though, isn't it? Uh, actually, it's, it's not. That's what they're, they're figuring they're out touting, right now. Huh? Right now, they're figuring out how to, I mean, it is expensive. More expensive, but they're already working on bringing getting. I mean, the cost the, well, as it, as it becomes produced so, more yeah, and more, it's going to yeah. be cheaper. So it's pretty neat. But, but like anyway, I, said, I don't think they tuned in to hear us blab about. But with all but energy. with all fuels, you got to realize you have to find a way to make it. Yeah, you make can't it. make gas in your backyard. No, you, you can't, can't. You can't refine petroleum. I hope you can find oil in your backyard, but you can't yeah, refine. It'd be it. nice. I mean, but <laughs> yeah, but no, and and and, and that's why right. I think electricity is something that if you're a survivalist or a prepper or yeah, something like that, you can make. It's easy to go off the grid. Running oh, electric man. everything. I, you know, Roger, we talked about this before. When I have, uh, I help design a house that I want to build, hopefully soon. And I have it completely. And I'm, I'm not a bleeding heart authoritarian Democrat by any means. But the house I designed is designed for solar panels. Well, yeah, because I want the option. They're I, and, there, and, and I'm going to live in. An they're area. getting better every day. Yeah, and I'm going to build it in an area where we get lots of sun. Right, so that, that, that helps. helps. But uh, I'm a hundred percent. Again, I don't want to be forced to do anything by the government. Uh, no, I want you to make my own be. choices, and and uh, I love the solar panel technology. Like me, it's headed. every light bulb I replace in my house now gets an LED. Yeah, me too. I mean, why spend I, more I money? I still want a choice if I want the. You know, if I want but, the heat from the light bulb in <laughs> yeah, the summertime, because sometimes you can you use. There are other things for yeah. the heated light bulb. Uh, the the heat that a light bulb. You're going to eliminate the easy bake oven from child yeah, exactly. childhood memories How without a light bulb. That? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take you four days to cook a pie with that LED bulb. I don't even know if it's cooking four days. <laughs> the kid's going, why isn't it working? Could it you? Im- oh, God, could you imagine that? People buying Easy Bake Ovens oh and replacing it with LED gosh. bulbs and wondering why it doesn't work now? You know what, Roger? There's got to Somebody be some- has to have tried Somebody that. has had to try it. There's got to be a Democrat family <laughs> somewhere that put an LED light in an Easy Bake <laughs> Oven and a year later, they're still waiting for still it. Cooking. The bell to ding. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. This is America's Web Radio. Roger B. on Locked and Loaded. What do doctors talk about in doctors' lounges around the country? Find out on the Doctors' Lounge Show every Thursday at 8 a.m. on America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're gonna want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, at 10 a.m. every Thursday for your answer to sleeping here on the Veterans Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. americaswebradio.com Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. 
Now, before we were talking about, uh, let's call it prepper stuff, you know, how to survive off the grid, how to uh, make your own power if you had to, how to make your own fuel if you had to. Now, granted, most people do not have the capability to make gasoline. Even if you were able to get barrels and barrels of crude oil, it takes, it's a ridiculously complicated process to refine oil into gasoline. It can be done, but it would not be easy. It would have a lot of waste products. It would take a lot of energy, especially if you were trying to do it on a small scale. But, and granted, I'm no, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of getting rid of all the gas cars. Let's put that out there right away. I like my gas car and I'm not buying an electric one yet. But the fact that with solar panels, wind power, and even hydropower, that's free energy for anybody who can harness it. If you live in a place where you get a lot of sunshine and those solar panels are sitting on your roof, you have money falling from the sky into your pockets. There's nothing more, uh, nothing better than that. Now, granted, you'll say, oh, but they cost a lot. They do. But they're getting more and more efficient, and they're paying for themselves faster and faster. I think the latest uh, report I had read is that it was right at about just under seven years would pay for solar panels if you live in a place where you get, uh, I think it's like 70, 70% days of sunshine per month or something like that. And they pay for themselves in seven years. And they will last for over 20 years. So for a lot of the time you have solar panels, you're making, you're making money. And a lot of people say, oh, electric cars, the government can shut them down. They can do this. They can do that. True. But if you're making your own electricity, you don't have to worry about the government shutting down gas stations. You don't have to worry about fuel, trying to get fuel to your home. You can make your own fuel for your electric car right there at your house. You can run a windmill. You can run solar panels. You can run hydropower if you have moving water nearby. It's just – it seems like so everybody's so against the electric idea. But in reality, it's probably so much easier to generate electric power than it is to refine your own crude oil into gasoline. Now, granted, there are people – yeah, you can make alcohol. You can make cars that burn mostly alcohol and diesel Vehicles can burn uh, any kind of a lot of vegetable oil and stuff like that can be burned to diesel engines, and that's a huge advantage too. But if you're thinking as far as a prepper goes, electric power is probably one of the easiest things to be able to take yourself out of the the line of people waiting for gasoline. Now, granted, it takes a lot longer. It's a lot more time-consuming to charge your vehicle at the moment. When that comes about or when solar panels get even better, it's going to tip the scales in the favor of the electric cars, electric vehicles. I'll admit I only have one electric vehicle right now. I have an electric bicycle. Well, it's an it's a, uh, electric-assisted bicycle. I can pedal it also. I can pedal it and get electrical assistance on that. So and it's fun. I enjoy it, and the charge holds pretty good, and it Speaking makes it easier. But they won't let you on every street corner. What do you mean? You can only pedal on some street corners. Uh, pedal what? What are we pedaling, Dave? <laughs> I'm not selling anything here. I'm just pedaling around. But yeah, it makes it it makes it easier for for me, especially to ride a bicycle over big hills and stuff like that, because it's got that electric power in reserve whenever I need it. And I can extend my ride a lot further by having a little electric power. And it's since the last pretty good. I can get over 50 miles on a on a single charge, 
which is great. And it just plugs into household current and charges in a few hours. So it's fun. Now, I'm not saying I want my car to be that reliant on having to charge for hours on end. I want to be able to fill up at a gas station in five minutes when I need to. But, you know, like I say, the technology with gas engines is still improving. It's getting better and better. We've had some of the most efficient cars we've ever had being made today. I mean, some of the gas engines today are some of the most efficient we've ever seen. Used to be a gas engine was about 10 to 12% efficient. Now we're up to almost 30% efficiency with, with a gas engine. So, and the electric cars, like I say, almost 90% efficient because it doesn't generate a lot of heat. With gasoline, we have to generate a ton of heat because we're making explosion, contained explosions, which generate a lot of heat, which is going to waste. And that energy cannot be harnessed unless you need a heater in a very cold area. But even in the summertime, these gas engines generate a lot of heat. And that's where a lot of the energy is wasted. But the electric cars are coming, people. Don't, don't think they're never going to get to the point where everybody's not going to have one if they, if they want. And it's going to be as convenient as any gas engine. And to me, from a, from a prepper or an off the grid standpoint, an electric car would be so much easier to power yourself, keep track of yourself. Now, granted, most of the late model cars, not just the electric ones, but the late model cars have tracking devices in them through their GPS. Tesla is really extreme about this. They have tracking devices. They can force updates into your car and all kinds of things just over, you know, over the air through cellular signals and such. But just like people started hot riding gasoline cars back in the day and still do today, that kind of thing is going to be able to be eliminated. You're going to be able to eliminate connections of your car to the outside world if you want to. You know, one Faraday cage around the computer chip, around the computer receiving area, or pull the antenna out so it can't get a signal. You, you can be able to limit that, and you'll be able to unlimit the the things they put on these electric cars to slow them down, to keep them from going as far, to keep you from charging the battery to 100%. Remember, I read a story about uh, people in Florida who had the Teslas in particular. They were the Tesla sent down a program to reprogram their cars to allow a charge to 100 percent in order to give them enough range to evacuate the state. Before that, they were all limited to an 80 percent charge because that gives the battery the longest life if you don't charge it to 100 percent every time. It just makes the battery last longer, which. Generally speaking, most of these batteries have been lasting longer than anybody expected, especially in the hybrid cars, which to me seems like a perfect balance. You have the gas engine as a backup, and you have the electric car aspect also. In fact, some of these plug-in hybrids are pretty amazing because you can plug them in, get so many miles of EV before it has to switch over to a hybrid mode. And if you do that, if you live in a city, you may never run the gas engine in your car unless you hammer down on the accelerator to get it to kick in. You may be able to run EV the entire time you're using your car, except in an extreme case. Which, what would that do? That would keep the the gas engine lasting a lot longer. It would also give you pretty much a lot cheaper transportation cost. And like I say, there are a lot of advantages to the electric car as far as moving parts go. They have electric motors in them. They don't have as many systems to keep track of. So, And once the technology catches up, I'm pretty sure the electric cars are going to be, first and foremost, one of the first choices in cars for most families in the United States. I'm looking at a lot of them saying, you know what? Some of these electric cars are the most powerful cars ever produced. 
have the quickest zero to 60 times. And with assisted braking, they can brake faster than any gasoline car. The performance of these cars is amazing, and it's only going to get better. Every every year, they're going to get better and better, as long as the government doesn't try and interfere and force the technology to advance at a pace it's not comfortable with. But as it advances, as the money rolls in to help push these advances, as the company starts selling more and more vehicles that people want, that's going to be the biggest difference. They can't force the technology. It has to be something that the market is going to drive. You know, when it started off with being kind of a novelty, having an electric car, I think, I want to say GM did it back in the 70s. They built some electric cars. Of course, the battery technology back then was basically terrible. It was lead-acid batteries, and, you know, it was difficulty in charging. They were ridiculously heavy, even compared by today's standard to to lithium-ion batteries. But it was an experiment, and it worked. It functioned. Granted, they weren't as durable. They didn't have any... Hardly any range at all, but but they worked. And that is the technology that's driving technology today. And as long as there's a monetary incentive for people to make these electric cars, as long as there's a market for them, they build a better product and people will buy them, that's what's going to drive the market. That's what's going to make people want to invest in, in an electric car for their family or for themselves and make that happen. And I think, like I say, electricity is going to be something that most people are going to be able to manufacture on their own as the technology advances. Now, I know a lot of people say they don't live in a place where they can get sun enough of the time. Well, what if it just supplemented your your power bill? So instead of paying, you know, $300 a month, you're paying $200 a month or 150 a month. That money is going to go right into your pocket. That's an easy way to catch money falling from the sky. And the windmills, same thing. They generate power virtually for free. You have to buy the initial equipment, <laughs> but uh, it's there. So so back to the prepper status. Okay, if you want an electric car, it's good. If you're a prepper, you can stockpile uh, solar panels right next to your ammunition and your extra guns and your holsters and all the stuff you're going to need if everything falls apart. And I know everybody thinks when they think prepper, they think gun, ammunition, body armor, things like that. The things that are going to make a difference if if the society actually comes apart. And if it does, I think electricity is going to be the people who can generate their own electricity are going to have a huge advantage over those who can't. And you're going to have to defend that capability because people will come and steal it from you. Everybody's probably seen a Mad Max movie, the the Mad Max movie where they're fighting for fuel, fighting for energy, trying to manufacture their own energy. And, of course, they're still using gas, which is kind of funny because in the future I have a feeling gasoline is not going to be as much of a commodity as it is now or even as it was 20 years ago. More and more things are being powered by electricity because the battery technology is coming in. In fact, it's funny because for years a lot of um, optics on guns would not use any kind of powered or lit reticle because the battery technology was so bad, you know, running double A's or triple A's and a rifle and the, uh, the systems were so sensitive they could barely handle the recoil of a lot of rifles. Now, there are so many optics that are powered by small button batteries that will last for tens of thousands of hours just with a small battery like that and it's easy to replace. So, for what they wouldn't be, they would be afraid to have as a reliability 
as a liability is now becoming a reliable alternative. In fact, a lot of carry guns now are running red dot optics on them. These are every everyday carry weapons. Even in law enforcement, they're looking into getting everyday carry weapons with lit optics because the battery powers, the battery technology is so good now. And the durability of some of these sites is so good, you don't have to, it's not a worry anymore. It doesn't matter anymore. You know, when you have a battery that'll power the thing for tens of thousands of hours, the reliability, even if you change the battery once a year, regardless, you're still going to have a reliable site that's going to function in all kinds of conditions. In fact, there's some companies out there that put tiny solar panels on top of their lit optic reticles in, uh, in red dot sites or in pistol reticle sites. And they can vary. There's circles with dots. There's dots. There's crosshairs. All kinds of reticles can be selected by a lot of these dot sites. And they're to the point now where the reliability is there. The chance of it, you know, failing is so minuscule. It's almost as bad as, you know, an iron sight coming apart or a standard sight coming apart on a gun. All right, we'll be right back after this. I'll get into this a little more. This is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Attention veterans with PTSD. If you can't sleep at night, listen to A Veteran's Place, hosted by Dr. Don Moeller, at 10 a.m., every Thursday, for your answer to sleeping, here on the Veteran's Station, owned by a vet, with shows just for vets. AmericasWebRadio.com Veteran-owned, America's Web Radio would like to thank all of our incredible patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you are not already a patron, you can help us continue to produce some of the most informative and entertaining shows on the Internet by becoming a patron. Patrons of America's Web Radio are the first to receive information about new shows and links to the latest podcast episodes. Join now and receive a free gift while supplies last. For more information and to join our family, please visit www.patreon.com slash America's Web Radio. If you have questions, contact us at gm at americaswebradio.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Are you a veteran of Desert Shield or Desert Storm? We do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. on veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and I want to give a quick shout-out to... Our station here, America's Web Radio, they are giving away an AR-15. In order to be eligible to enter to win, you must be a veteran. I'm assuming an American veteran. <laughs> an American veteran of some branch of the service, and you can enter to win this rifle. And it comes with three magazines, fully equipped with sights, muzzle brake, everything. Now, of course, it must be, you must qualify to own it in your state. Your state must allow this kind of weapon for you to be, to be eligible to be a winner. It's an AR style. It's not an AR-15. AR-15 style. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, AR-15 is an Armalite designation, and it's not. But, you know, Armalite makes so small percentage of the AR-15s that are sold out there. You know, it's and it's funny, even the military ones, Colt didn't invent an AR fifteen, Armalite did. But they labeled theirs AR fifteen. It was the it was actually originally an XM fifteen was the original designation. But it's an AR styled rifle, AR fifteen styled rifle, fires a five point five six cartridge, I'm pretty sure. Oh let's see, let's see if I can get more details here. Ba 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 
Take a look. Oh, it's a beautiful weapon. Very nice. And if you're uh, a veteran, you are eligible to enter your name and win this weapon. You know, say, assuming you qualify by living in a free state that allows you to own it. And you qualify to own the weapon. You can uh, sign for it, make sure, fill out the proper paperwork, and pass the background check and everything. But it is there for the taking. You need to enter this contest if you want to win. Who doesn't want a free rifle? I don't know of anybody. Anybody? No. Yep. See, I'm not hearing any anybody who doesn't want one. So get up there, enter the contest. I don't know how many times. Can you enter more than once? One entry per person, please. There you go. Get your friends to enter. If you know any other veterans, get them to enter. You never know. Somebody you know could win, and then they'll owe you a big favor if they do. All of this will be done through licensed brokers. Right, right. It has to be shipped to an FFL dealer. Yes. It will be done through proper channels, background checks, all that will have to be met. We're not just going to ship it to your house and it won't arrive in your mailbox. No. It will go to your local gun dealer or a local gun dealer and you'll be able to receive it then. Fill out the 4473 form and away you go with your free gun. But you will not have to pay for it unless your local gun dealer charges for a background check, which some will. We will pay for all of that. Usually you can find that for 25 to 50 bucks somewhere. For the transfer fee. Oh, well, that's great. And America's Web Radio will pay the transfer free fee. They may be able to find you a dealer to ship it to. Awesome. So go ahead, sign up, get your entry in today, and who knows? Maybe you'll be the owner of a new AR-15 style rifle. Like I was talking about before we left for the break, I was talking about optics on weapons, and they have become so standard now. In fact, even the military is using a lot of optics that they wouldn't have considered as little as 10 years ago because of the reliability issue. But now the optics are so reliable, so easy to power, and the battery technology is so good that they last for a a ridiculous amount of time on a single battery. And this is the kind of thing that's coming. This is technology. Battery technology, electric technology is coming up fast. It's moving quickly. It's going to be leading the charge for state-of-the-art things as far as weapon sites go <clears throat> and even there was even a few weapons that were running battery operated trigger devices i've seen some of those and there you run into a little issue with the atf because some of them they don't necessarily approve of some of them they do when you shop for any kind of trigger modification that increases the rate of fire look carefully make sure it has been approved by the atf before getting into something like that that's all I'm going to say right now. I'm not going to go into a full description of every kind that's available or as many things that are out there. But there are a lot of trigger devices that some of them actually do run on batteries. Some can be recharged. Some of them require replacement of batteries. But I've seen a couple of these at some of the shows and things, and they are amazing what they can do for your trigger. They can drop the weight down to almost nothing as far as the trigger goes. Now, that would be great for a target rifle. For a duty weapon, not quite as much. But... Every type of shooter can benefit from some sort of battery-operated device, whether it be a trigger, whether it be a sight, whether it be some... I can't even think of anything else as battery-powered other than the optics and possibly a trigger. But all that stuff is available now, and the technology's never been better, but it's probably increasing every day. So if you've never shot with an optic before on a pistol, I highly recommend it. 
It does take getting used to. Finding the red dot is sometimes difficult, but once you get a proper grip, you learn where it is, you put your hands in the right place, you draw that weapon out, that red dot just appears, and it the bullet, if it's sighted properly, will go where the red dot is. You don't even have to be centered in the device you're shooting to. It just has to see the red dot. Wherever the red dot is, that's where the bullet is going to go. And it makes your shooting, once you're used to it, it makes your shooting much more instinctive. It also gives you better habits because you tend to line up a sight better when you can see a glowing red, green, or blue dot in front of you than if you're trying to line up standard iron sights or, in some cases, plastic sights. That's one thing that's funny that uh, people will say iron sights, and generally they're made of metal, but like Glock in particular, they have plastic sights on their guns from the factory. That's why almost everybody replaces them. Now, last week, if you were in the gun industry or a gun aficionado or a fan of of guns, we had a sad day. Gaston Glock passed away last weekend. And, uh, you know, he was the inventor of the Glock pistol from the original 17 all up until I think we're up to 47, 48 now, 49 even. Different models of Glock pistols. He was the inventor of the Glock pistol and he passed away. He was in his 90s. I want to say he was 93 or something. I'd have to look it up. But yeah, he passed away last week in December. And uh, he was a great inventor, a visionary, well ahead of his time. And I think his biggest advantage is he was not originally a weapons designer. He was just an engineer and he decided to t- take a look at the, the kind of issues they were having getting pistols to work properly and uh, what kind of requirements they were asking. And he started from scratch without knowing very much about weapons at all. He looked at a few, uh, you know, other designs and, and ex- extrapolated from there and came up with a brilliant, simplistic, easy-to-function, reliable-as-can-be design that I would say eventually is probably one of the one of the greatest inventions of at least this century as far as weapons go. Now, the last century, you had John Browning making weapons, and he did some amazing things with his stuff. And Glock actually started in the, I think I want to say, early 80s, late 70s. So he was in that century, too, and his weapons have become so prolific. You can't go anywhere without seeing them. And the reason is they're reliable as they can be. They're durable. They hold up. They're available in a variety of different calibers, sizes of weapons, things like that. Even though the same basic design permeates all the different models, and some people say that's boring, it's not innovative, but if the system works and you modify it slightly to meet the next level of accomplishment, you're getting there. You know, eventually they may move this on from his original design to something a little more modular or something like that. In fact, that's why SIG won the handgun competition with the military because their design was completely modular in the way it came apart and was able to change pieces and parts to fit a variety of different hand sizes or to fit a variety of different mission parameters. And of course, now, even now, the Glocks have the the optic cuts on some of their pistols. And uh, a lot of pistols do. You'll see this even on small carry-sized weapons. They have uh, optic cuts on the slide. So you can run an optic on an everyday carry gun, which to me is just its amazing. Because 10 years ago, you wouldn't have even considered it because they were fragile. The batteries didn't last long enough. The chance of you turning that thing on and having it work 
day after day for over a year was going to be extremely low. Now they'll work for years on end off a single battery. Now, if you're using an optic and a duty weapon or a daily carry, you probably want to replace that at least once a year, if not more frequently than that, because you want to have the utmost reliability. And as long as the device will hold up, the battery is going to be your weakest point as far as not being able to fulfill, you know, the parameters to have it powered when you need it. And like I said before, a lot of companies are running little solar panels on their sites now. So during the day, they can be powered without the use of a battery. Now, of course, uh, Trigicon, they started using tritium in their optics a long time ago. And this gives you basically forever light regardless of conditions because tritium, as it decays, puts off light. That's where the energy from the decay goes. And they're reliable for probably at least 10 years. And after that, they start, I think the half-life of, I want to say the half-life of tritium is about 12 and a half to 15 years, somewhere in there. What that means is after that amount of time, it will glow half as brightly as it would when it was new. And this is a gradual process. It gradually goes down. So you're buying a 10 or 15-year-old pistol with night sights on it. You may want to cup your hands over those sights and see if there's any glow left in them. Because if they are the original sights from... 12 to 15 years ago, chances are you're not going to be able to use them as night sights anymore. The the tritium does deteriorate over time, and it loses its ability to glow. I say glow because it will glow day or night, and you should be able to see it. Of course, it glows more at night because you can see the light better, but they actually glow all the time. They're not just glow in the dark. They're glow all the time, but you see them better at night. And that's an option that a lot of people go with is the night sights. Because they do give you an ability to pick up sights very quickly in in complete darkness. Of course, if you're shooting in complete darkness, how are you going to see your target? That's one of the biggest things I always found interesting. You can't shoot in complete darkness because you don't know what you're shooting at. Always identify your target before you put a point a weapon at it. That's one of the four main rules of gun safety. Treat every gun as it's loaded, as if it's loaded. Don't point your gun at anything you don't intend to shoot. Never put your finger on the trigger till you are up on target and ready to shoot. And always be aware of your target and its backstop. So follow those rules. Use whatever kind of sights you want. But like I say, tritium sights were one of the original glowing sights. Now they've got battery-powered sights. Optics, I won't say. I don't think anybody has battery-powered iron style sights yet if they do i don't know about those i've seen fiber optics i've seen tritium but i've not seen any battery powered iron style sights all the battery powered sights are optics meaning they use glass and you look through them and it projects a a dot with either a, a light or a light bulb or a laser the more expensive ones use lasers they project that dot onto the field of view so you see that when you pick that pistol up and you gain a target you see the dot or the reticle, whatever it is, and it's shown onto the to the glass by laser, so you can see it. And it makes shooting just—it's a different style of shooting because you must line it up. It seems a little more difficult at first, but once you get used to it, most people find an optic on a gun makes them a better shooter because it's hard, it's harder to see the the sight unless you are lined up properly. With iron sights, you can kind of throw the gun up in that general direction kind of glance at the front sight and follow it in and shoot like that. And that works great when you're under duress, when you need to shoot fast. But the optics require a little bit more practice. So when you grip that gun and you throw it up on target, 
after you practice it a couple thousand times, it's going to become second nature, and you'll see that red dot will make you a better shooter all the way around. But again, making a case for electricity in in guns. There we go. And uh, again, if you're a prepper, it would be much easier to stock a few button batteries than it would, you know, almost anything else as far as keeping your optics working properly. While the tritium, once it goes dead, it's nearly impossible to get it replaced without replacing the entire sights. They do sell tritium tubes, but you would basically have to extract them from your iron sights and then replace them or, you know, drill them out. And you don't really want to drill into tritium because it is radioactive. Now, the interesting thing about tritium, though, is it is the radioactivity is stopped by the glass that they use to make the tubes. Tritium is actually a gas. It's a a high... uh, Variant of hydrogen gas. Most hydrogen gas is H2. This is H3. Three atoms of hydrogen put together, and they are radioactive, and they will glow. But it is, uh, you know, it's difficult to work with it beyond, you know, just replacing the sights. But it's something to consider. If you've never fired a pistol with an optic on it before, I recommend you give it a try. It is an interesting experience. And also, they run optics on so many rifles now as well. I mean, almost any rifle is not really complete until it has some sort of optic on it. And there are guys who will swear they need backup iron sights and everything. And chances are, if you want to have the very most reliable type of sight, an iron sight's going to be it, without a doubt. None of the optics are going to be as durable as iron sights, although they're getting close. I saw one, it was an EOTech at the time, had been shot and it was still functioning. I actually took a bullet to it and the battery compartment was still intact and it was shot through the lens, but yet you could still see the projection of the laser onto the, onto the optic. So they are super durable right now. So if you had never tried it, go ahead and try one. You know, run one on your rifle, run one on your pistol. See if you like it. They're a lot of fun to use and they make shooting so much better, especially if you have old eyes. Now, if you're a youngster, you're in your twenties, your eyes can focus on the target and the sights at the same time, then you may not need that to happen. You you know, you may be fine with iron sights because you can focus better. Once you get past about 40, though, it's going to be so much easier if you get an optic because it puts everything in the same plane. Your eyes don't have to focus at two different distances at once. And even as a young shooter, if you get used to this, this is a skill you can take with you as your eyes get older, as you lose your ability to focus on two things at once. You'll have that skill already. So if you get a chance, run an optic, try an optic, and here, the quality of the optic is going to make a huge difference in its reliability. There's just so much there that has to be looked at. You have to get something that's going to fit and be inconspicuously small because you don't want some huge... I remember the original lasers they put on guns were... They were probably six or eight inches long, an inch and a half around. They were massive. And they ran on double A's or triple A's. And it was just... They were huge. They were the weight of the gun themselves in some cases. It had to be a larger weapon to hold them. Now these little micro sights are like an inch by an inch and a half, and they fit right into a milled area of the slide on a pistol or onto a rail on a rifle and give you a great sight picture with very good reliability and make shooting just that much easier, especially if you have old eyes. <clears throat> I didn't mean to get into all this today, but I'm just trying to say electricity is not bad even with guns. Running batteries on a gun is not terrible as it was because I know a lot of people just don't understand how reliable these sites have become. And like I say, it 
be easier almost to run an optic these days than not. To your knowledge, is any stock a storage area for batteries? There are several aftermarket stocks where they make storage compartments for batteries, for a variety of different types of batteries. Now, most of the optics run small little button batteries. So on, well, like an AR-15, you can buy it. The grip is hollow in the bottom. You can buy a grip that has a cover on it to be able to store things inside the grip of the weapon. There are certain rail sections that you can get that have storage compartments you can attach to the rails. And some of the rear stocks have tubes put onto the back where you can store batteries up to, I think uh, the original ones are made for what they call 1-2-3 batteries. Well, the 1-2-3 batteries were originally what was powered in flashlights, and some of the early optics had the 1-2-3 batteries. And a lot of the flashlights still use them. So that's a way to store extra batteries for that because... If you have a place to keep it and you might, and you're going to be in somebody who doesn't have access to fresh batteries all the time, storing some extra batteries would not be the worst thing to do, especially in a combat situation where you're away from supply lines. But yes, answer your question. Yes, there are several places in a weapon where you could store things, which would make the battery storage a question of, oh, you know, or you could even just, you know, if you're traveling, if you have weapon gear, Put a couple of sealed button batteries in your gun case somewhere. You know, it's easy enough because they're very small. Now, the bigger battery, flashlight batteries, those take a little more space. But there are stocks that have tube compartments that are closed in, waterproofed, so you can keep the batteries free from water. That's one thing. All the sites now, almost every single one of them is completely waterproof if they're a high-quality site. Because they got to be able to go underwater. If you're on a military weapon, and mil spec is required to be waterproof to a certain level or water resistant. There's I, I think it's IP ratings or IPX ratings that list the level of waterproofedness that is in each particular item. And this I, this waterproof rating will apply to almost any electronics from headphones, uh, Bluetooth speakers, all the way into rifle and pistol optics. Is if it's raining and your weapon gets wet and it won't function, your optic won't function, <laughs> that's not a reliable way to do things. You want to have that optic fun- functioning under conditions that you won't be able to function to make sure, you know, vibration-proof, shock-proof, all those kind of things. The early ones, I remember, were much more sensitive. In fact, un- too much recoil could break one of the original optic sites. They were, they were very delicate and the ones that weren't delicate were huge. They were massive because they were built out of, you know, a lot of material because that was the way to make them shockproof. Now they have better seals. They have better, you know, working parts on these, uh, optics. The lasers are, are smaller, run smaller batteries. So the seals can be bigger to keep everything water, watertight and able to be run through all kinds of conditions. So most of the excuses for not running optics are expired now. They're gone. There's not a lot of things that you can say that are going to have you pick up iron sights over optics. Now, I'm not opposed to putting iron sights on as a backup to almost any weapon or what they have on pistols a lot of times. I guess you could do it on rifles too, but the rifle sights are generally a little taller and don't work the same. But on a pistol, you have what you call a co-witness. A co-witness sight is one that allows you to see the iron sights through the optic of an electronic sight. 
So you pick it up, that sights line up, the red dot appears just over your standard iron sights. Usually these sights are a little bit taller than the standard ones, so you can use the iron sights while looking through the glass of your optic. So you see a sight picture. It also helps you line up the red dot faster too if you have what they call co-witness sights. Co-witness meaning you witness the iron sights and the electric reticle at the same time. Now, that varies depending on the gun and how the setup is and how high the optic sits and if it sits above it enough to be able to pick up the iron sights through the glass of the optic. Is it your opinion that uh, if you're using an optic on a rifle, okay, uh, that I'm still in control of the rifle? Of course. So I take in and I figure the... Kentucky windage? Oh, yeah, yeah, you could still do that. I mean, you just aim a little bit above. I mean, most of the optics have no magnification. So you can shoot them with both eyes open. You can see your target, but there's a red dot on it. And you can move that red dot up higher or lower, depending on which way you're shooting. If you adjust for the wind, you can move it just as you would a reticle on a scope. Just as you would the crosshairs on a scope, you can move it over, move it up, and it reacts the same way. In fact, a lot of scope reticles have lit reticles, meaning there's a red dot or a lit portion of the crosshair that will appear, and they are battery-powered. And the good thing about that is if your battery was to die or was to break or you didn't have a battery in it because it sat for 10 years and you're safe, the reticle is still there. The sight's still there. It's just black. It won't glow. It won't light up. But when it does light up, it acts like it's the best of a red dot and the best of a magnified scope. And that I think I got into once we were talking about sights on AR-15s. And there's basically, you got your iron sights, you have your optic, a red dot sight. That's what the most of the, the sights without magnification and electronic reticles are called red dots. They're not always dots. They have different styles of reticles that will glow, either blue, green, most commonly red. And these enable you to see. Now, there are some scopes that have regular reticles in the scopes. And what they do is they run what they call LPVO, low power variable optics. The low power variable optics a lot of times start at a 1x. 1x means there's no magnification. So you put this scope on 1x, it acts like a red dot sight. No magnification, you can see with both eyes open, see clearly everywhere around you and it acts like a red dot. Then if you need to, you can zoom it all the way up to 4, 6, 8, 10 power, 12 power and go from a 1x, which is no magnification, up to a 12 magnification and be able to reach out much farther on distance, still with the reticle lit up. So you can see it at dusk or even at dark. If you can see a figure, you can put the reticle on them. A lot of times at night you can't see the black reticle in a scope. So a lit reticle helps you identify where you're going to hit a lot easier. And most of these are adjustable in intensity. So as it gets darker, you lower the brightness of the reticle so it doesn't affect your vision out to distance. And then, like I said, and they also come in different colors. Green shows up better during the day. Red shows up better at night. Also, red lights at night will not ruin your night vision. So you have that too. Even if you have a flashlight, a red lens on a flashlight will help keep your night vision intact. So you don't want to remember that. But yeah, these re- the lit reticle scopes are some of my favorites. And it's funny because I know a lot of people say, oh, I don't need that. I have this. I have that. I had a friend of mine. I tried to convince him into getting the lit reticle scope, said he didn't need it. 
first time he went out hog hunting, he goes, I wish I had listened to you. <laughs> I saw that black hog and the scope reticle just disappeared on his body. I could not see the black reticle against his black body, especially you know, we're hunting. I think it was hunting at dusk or just at dark. And uh, he said, yeah, if I had to let radical, it would have been an easy shot. But I had to kind of look around to find a light spot to find it and then remember where it was in the radical and try and move it over. So he had a much more difficult time. Yeah, but a lit radical makes shooting in low light so much easier. And the intensity varies, so you can turn it down to a minimal intensity to where the red won't overpower where your target is. So if I have a choice, I almost always will get a lit reticle scope if possible. Unless I know I'm never going to be shooting it at night or against a dark colored background. Imagine this, a black reticle on a black target at any kind of range is going to be difficult to pick up. A little red dot or lit reticle there will make a huge difference in being able to differentiate. All right, well now you've got some things to think about. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.